Come to VBS tonight. There is a class for adults as well as the kids. And uh, if you have any questions about that, where's Shana? Shana's over here. Talk to Shana. Uh, we would love to have you. 5.30 for a meal. Is that right? All right. All right. Of all the miracles that are listed in the scripture, there are only two miracles that are listed in all four gospels. One of them is the resurrection of Jesus. And so you think, well, you know, this must be important since it's in all four. The other one is the one that Patrick just read, the feeding of the 5,000. It's in all four Gospels. In fact, it's in Matthew 14 and Matthew, uh, Mark 6, Luke 9, and John 6. And scholars have tried all throughout history to explain away all miracles. They've tried to explain away Jesus' resurrection. Well, Jesus, you know, he was given that gall to drink and it caused him to swoon. And therefore, uh, you know, he was just in the grave there for a few days. And, and then he recovered and came out and, and everybody says, well, he, he was resurrected. Um, yeah. Uh, tell that to the apostles who uh, put their lives on the line, who... Uh, went out and, and basically all of them were killed except for one uh, because of a guy who just swooned. Or, or Lazarus' death. There are people who say, well, Lazarus really wasn't dead. Well, the scripture says he was in the tomb for four days. How about legends? You know, we just have these miracles that come about and it just kind of is a <clears throat> kind of a legendary kind of thing, and it, it, it improves the legend of the people that we're talking about. Well, it's the same thing with the feeding of 5,000. <clears throat> people try to explain that away. In fact, uh, I, I read just a number of, of accounts of people saying, well, this is really what happened. Jesus didn't really uh, uh, multiply the loaves and the fish. It was just one of those kind of things where you know, who would be out in the wilderness like that without any food? And here was this little boy who comes up with five loaves and two fish. Well, he had his lunch with him. And everybody had their lunch with him. And when they saw the willingness of this young man to, to offer his food, everybody, oh, I should have done that too. And they pulled out their food and they had plenty of food. There's a Greek word for that. It's called hogwash. Jesus fed 5,000 people. In fact, in Matthew, it says, including women and children. So there very easily could have been up to 10,000 people in, in that number. Now, I entitled this lesson Tabka, uh, if you saw it. It's the name of the region today where all of this happened, so don't be too confused. But I want you to note what has happened before the feeding of the 5,000. Because what happened was, Matthew tells of Jesus' cousin John the Baptist being beheaded. And Jesus going up into the mountains to be alone. And, 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 and he, he comes down and sees these people. Mark and Luke tell the same thing that has happened. But the, his apostles have also come back from being sent out. And they're excited about the things that they did. And so Jesus uh, meets with them and, and then... 
feeds the 5,000. John just kind of plops it in uh, after a, a discussion where Jesus is talking about that uh, he's God's son. And, and John, John's never concerned with, uh, with being accurate as far as a chronology is concerned. But I like to see things in my mind's eye. I don't know if you do this or not. I like to place myself in the midst of this. And I wonder, what do you see in the crowd? What do you see in those 5,000 people? How are they dressed? What do they look like? What does Jesus look like? Or think about this for just a minute. What are you hearing? Are they grumbling about being hungry? Or are, are, are you hearing them talk to each other about where in the world are we going to find food? Are they griping about it? Can you hear the children kind of playing? Can you hear their little voices just echoing in and out? What's the grass feel like when you sit down on it? And by the way... Uh, Jesus, well, I, I'll, I'll get to that. I, I, I shouldn't interrupt this, this thought process here. But when the food's passed out, what's the bread taste like? Do you say, boy, this isn't near as good as mom's. What does it taste like? What's the fish taste like? Or can you smell the fish? Or can you smell the ocean? Because they're near the Sea of Galilee and there's got to be some kind, I know it's a fresh water, but there's got to be some kind of breeze that comes out over there. But scripture says that they were directed to sit down in groups of 50. One of the gospels says 50s and 100s. And I tried to count as you came in, but y'all wouldn't stand still. But I figure that this is about 50 people right here. Jesus Inform these people to get in groups about like this. Take, think about that for just a minute. If there are 5,000 people and they're getting in groups of 50, how many is that? That's 100. There are 100 groups about like this. And if you have 10,000 people, can you imagine if you have 10,000 people, then you have 200 groups like that. And so they're all gathered around. And I used to skip over this miracle. I used to say, oh, yeah, we studied about that in, in elementary school. And, and, and you know me well enough. You know that that's a flannel graph story. And they always put Jesus up on there. And he's holding bread. And they're people. There's, they can't put 5,000 people on a flannel graph. But they put an, uh, a, a group of four or five people. And, and, you know, we say, that's real nice. And we go on, and we don't give it any kind of consideration whatsoever. But it must be important if it's in all four Gospels. Why did they all include it in their books? If you look at it, Jesus gave thanks, and he broke the loaves. It's a scene that's reminiscent of the Lord's Supper, isn't it? Because when they gather around to partake of the Passover, Jesus with the apostles, what's he do? He breaks the bread. He looks up to heaven and he prays. It also harkens back to the, to the manna in the wilderness. You remember that story. The children of Israel, they're out in the, the wilderness of, of, 
uh, they've just come out of Egypt and they come out and they're, they're griping about, wow, you know what? We had food in Egypt. We had all kinds of stuff. Isn't it interesting that they have such short memories that they were slaves and were, were just hard labor and all kinds of things like that? And, and Jesus, he's sitting there. Well, Jesus isn't because he's not in the story. Moses is sitting there and he's wondering, God, why did you bring these people out? In fact, at one point, you know, God, God was going to kill them all and say, you know, Moses, I'm going to raise a group out of you. Moses talked him out of it. And they're hungry and they're griping. And all of a sudden, man shows up. God says, I want you to pick up manna every day. I want you to pick up enough for that day. And, but on Saturday, on the Sabbath, I don't want you to pick up anything. So on Friday, pick up twice as much. And they did. There were some, and, and admit it, there are some, if you had been there, if I had been there, there'd been some in this group that would have done exactly as those people did. They'd gone on Saturday and looked. But it reminds me of that. Jesus comes along and he's got these 5,000 people with women and children to feed. And it's interesting because he tells, tells Philip, feed them. And it's interesting because in the Greek language, it's, it's almost an imperative. Why don't you feed them? And Philip says, man, it would cost a lot of money to feed these people. But you know, it's interesting. We sometimes buy into the, to the health and wealth gospel that's preached out there. That we'll have plenty of food as far as that's concerned, and not only just regular food, we'll have, uh, you know, it'll be like eating at Magnolia every day. We'll, we'll eat at our favorite restaurant every day. God's going to take care of us. And that's never been the promise. The promise has always been, I'll give you what you need. And I'll give you eternal life. And he continues to tell us, just like he did these people, don't worry about the things that you can touch and see and feel. Don't worry about the physical things. Because we look for physical sustenance all the time. And God promises through Jesus, that we will have spiritual sustenance. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And so we shouldn't concern ourselves with the physical, but instead we should look for the spiritual. It's a Bible passage that I quote here often. I quoted it at, at Margaret Sheldon's graveside last uh, Friday, Saturday, Friday. And I, I'm always looking for an opportunity to quote it. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us a glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal.
And I appreciated all the songs that Jordan led this morning. And, and really, this is the essence of the story. Do you think that little boy that brought the five loaves and two fish ever, ever considered the fact that he would feed over 5,000 people? He brought what he had. And you may say, well, what I have is not enough. You're right. It's not. But he's enough. We often get caught up with this, I need to do this and I need to do that, but we need to understand that Jesus is enough. If someone came to you and said, we're having a meal tonight, and there'll probably be five to 10,000 people, can you provide the food? Well, some of you might have the means, but I decided to do a little arithmetic. And I know, uh, if I say this, you're going to say, oh, I wouldn't eat that anyway. I looked up McDonald's menu and looked up the Big Mac meal. All right? Now, it's probably out of date. It probably costs more than this. But what I found on the menu of the Big Mac meal, in fact, the last time I got a Big Mac, which was months ago, it wasn't this, co- this price. But the cost that I found was $5.99 for a Big Mac meal. That includes a Big Mac and fries and a drink. Now, I'm, I would, don't embarrass yourself. There's somebody out there that's saying, that's not right, it's 7 No, no, don't do that. But if you fed 5,000 people, it would cost you $29,950. If you fed 10,000 people, double that. It's crazy, isn't it? Bring what you have because God will take that and use it. Think of the woman that, that came and gave just everything she had. She didn't have anything. She put it in the temple treasury and there were people that were blowing their horns and saying, oh, look what we bring. And Jesus says, this woman has given more than everybody else. And the interesting thing is, you can do something that seems like, well, nobody ever heard this. I just kind of said it in passing. Have you ever had an incident like that where somebody came up to you and said, remember when you encouraged me to do this? Or do you remember when you said this because you changed my life and you don't even remember it? Little things that you say, small acts of kindness, whatever you have can be used to bring glory to God. I've told you about my mom's favorite song. I didn't care for it until I got older. Rock of Ages, cleft for me. I can still see her standing by the sink singing that. And the third verse says, nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to the cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress, helpless look to thee for grace. Vile I to the fountain fly, 
Wash me, Savior, or I die. This boy that came to the gathering never knew that he was going to feed 5,000 people. And you may never know what, whatever you bring, no matter how small it is, will affect a number of people like that. Perhaps we should lower our expectations of ourselves and raise our expectations of our Savior. And now I see why this miracle was listed in all four Gospels. It tells us who he is. It tells us that he is enough. Cole, I don't know if you can do this. Can you pull up uh, the images from the telescope that just recently uh, have been shown? If you can, that's fine. I, 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 I just thought of this. I'm sorry. I, I pulled this on, on, on Cole back there. But I've been blown away by the fact that they have, sh and it doesn't matter what image you show if you can find it. There's a telescope that's just been sent into outer space. It's called the James Webb Telescope. And it's crazy what they're showing. In fact, it's amazing. Oh, there you go. There's some pictures. Uh, people are marveling at these pictures. They, they can't believe these pictures. But I want you to know that it's the God that you serve that created this. It's the God that we all honor and glorify and all the things and we worry about what i can do don't worry about it he's enough jordan even quoted a passage of scripture that i had today and i think it's i'm sorry now i've got you back in the how about i oh, there you go thanks cole i'll give you an extra 10 bucks okay how's that guys okay I will. <laughs> this from Colossians. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for in him all things are created, things in heaven, things on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and him, in him all things hold together. And if you wonder why our world is falling apart because of that last part, in him all things hold together, outside of him all things fall apart. That's our Savior. That's our Lord. And he is enough Jordan has selected a song that we're going to sing here uh, our shepherds and their wives will be in the back if you want to talk to one of them about something maybe you haven't given uh, enough of your life to Jesus maybe you've thought you know I can do this no no understand that this is not about you this is not about me this is all about our Lord and Savior and if you want to talk to them, they're out there, they'll be out there, and they are ready to listen and pray with you. Or if you want this church to pray for you, we would be more than happy to do that. Whatever your need this morning, come as we stand and sing this song that Jordan has selected. Would you come?